Welcome back. Episode 41 of Inside Illini Football. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor at the News Gazette here in Champaign. Pleased to be joined across the podcast table by beat writer Scott Ritchie. Scott, we took last week off. Figured we have nothing to really talk about. That's not true. There, There's plenty to talk about with uh, with Illinois football. Like I learned a long time ago when I was on the beat, there is never a dull day with this program. And as we record this on a gray yet unseasonably warm mid-November Wednesday afternoon before Illinois plays at Iowa this Saturday, biggest news of all is Illinois is not going to have their coach on the sideline at Kinnick Stadium after Brett Bielema tested positive for COVID-19. I thought you were going to say the biggest news of all is that Ty Rogers committed to Brad Underwood in Illinois basketball. We were, I was going to get into that as well, if, Scott. If I, if I slide <laughs> and just start talking about um, you know, Ty Rogers, my apologies, my, my brain is on basketball. But First off, Scott, before we dive into Brett Bielema and Ty Rogers and everything else, you've been a busy traveling man. You were in Milwaukee on Monday, back in Champaign on Tuesday. And now you're about to go experience all of just my Midwest your tour. Midwest tour continues later this week. Fill our listeners in on on where you're going to be at for the next the next week or so. Yeah, um, well, headed to Cedar Rapids on Friday because you can't get a hotel in Iowa City on you a can. Saturday game day. Oh, okay. Well, you can. It's just it cost me three hundred dollars at least. At least. Uh, so it's a little Cedar Rapids, a little Iowa City, then headed. To uh, I think technically to West Des Moines after the football game. Well, I, it, before you dive into that even more, I, I was talking to my wife the other day, and uh, I told I told her I said I could be really mean to Scott and and have him try to cover this as well on Saturday because you know who else is going to be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa this week, Scott? I don't. The Parkland volleyball team. They're there for the national tournament. If they make it to the national championship match, Scott, there it starts at six thirty p.m. on Saturday. Right after you're done at Kinnick Stadium, I'm getting death glares from Scott. I'm not even going (laughs) to qualify that with an answer. I'm joking, I mean, I'm joking. Cliff Hastings has a terrific program, but I just can't. (laughs) You can't be in two places at once, Scott? No, I just can't physically do it. But yeah, then I was just going straight from Iowa City to Kansas City with the stop in Des Moines along the way for the Hall of Fame Classic. You can see a lot of uh, farmland. I mean, yeah, just all empty fields at this point, though. That's true. Uh, but, I mean, I'll be in Iowa City. Brett Bielma will be in his basement at home. Is that where like, he's going to set up his command center? Back. Well, that's where he's in isolation, and I'm not sure, like, once uh, he can't go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he said he's got his big screen TV, and he's figuring out how to use his iPad. Because um, he did a Zoom yesterday with us on his iPad, and he said that was, like, a great success for him. <laughs> Because this is this is Brad Bielma talking. Like, hey, he's just not like technologically savvy. Uh, neither am I, as Scott can attest to as well. So kudos to 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 Coach Bielma for figuring out technology. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the big thing is he's feeling fine mm-hmm. after testing positive for COVID nineteen on Monday, Monday. Um, and you know, anticipates that he'll be cleared to be back next week for the regular season finale against Northwestern. But even you know, vaccinated with the booster last week. Uh, he had a breakthrough case, and I think you know, probably it's the 
the re- I mean, the reason he got tested when he got back to Champaign was he spent all of last week on the road recruiting and around more and different people than he typically mm-hmm. would during the, a regular week of the season. So it's uh, going to be a different feel for Illinois football. Uh, Casey Washington today in the Zoom, as everything's been on Zoom this week, um, said that Brett Bielma, obviously, he has a presence about him that, mm-hmm. that you feel, mm-hmm. and you know, that'll be gone. But uh, from the players to Brett Bielma himself, they're just, I mean, they've said this a lot this year because of injuries, but it's just next man up. And in this case, next man up is George McDonald, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and, uh, you know, Brett Bielma, it was saying, you know, a lot of people are like, maybe would have chosen a coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know, Ryan Walters, uh, given you know, he's going to be a million-dollar man you know, next year after his extension and pay raise. But like, Bielma wants his coordinators to do their typical jobs, mm-hmm. run the defense for Ryan Walters, run the offense for Tony Peterson, same with special teams, and Ben Miller. George McDonald can sort of hand, handle everything else well, those guys are doing what they would typically do on a game day. Um, and then have a Hall of Famer kind of coming out of retirement, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, Pat Ryan, who won a couple state championships at uh, Metamora, is going to have the headset on on Saturday. Got the, there's going to be NCAA waiver since they're going to be down a coach. And mm-hmm. probably going to pick Pat Ryan to sort of assist George McDonald with some of the Maybe substitutions or just kind of coordinating things on the sideline. Pat Ryan, great, great high school coach. Like you said, won a couple state titles at Metamora High School, joined the staff this offseason. Uh, his official title is Director of High School Relations, I believe. Illinois. High Illinois school High School Relations, exactly. I'm sure every coach in the state knows Pat Ryan. No, exactly. Um, so his brother actually, I think, coaches at Sycamore High School, and they're playing in the, the state semifinals on Saturday. Be interested too if Illinois comes up into a fourth and two situation. Let's just say, since that's kind of been a common number this season, what George McDonald does in that particular situation, or whoever might have some input, I'm sure it's going to be a, a collective, collaborative approach. And, and like we've heard from, especially the defensive uh, staff this year, whether it's Ryan Walters or Kevin Kane or Andy Boo, it's it seems it's really been a joint effort to get everyone kind of on the same page. And I'm sure those efforts and communication are, are ramped up even more this week with, uh, with Brett Bielma not inside the Smith Center. Yeah, and here's a little insight that we got yesterday from Brett Bielma. Is like on Thursday and Friday he has like coordinator meetings mm-hmm. and kind of goes through a mock game and like the decisions he's going to make in these specific football scenarios. So I imagine Thursday and Friday we'll be discussing fourth and two at yeah say the 35 yard line and here's the scenario and mm-hmm. Brett Bielma will be like this is the call and mm-hmm. I assume that will be the call that George McDonald will make um Brett Bielma can't be in contact with you know anyone 90 minutes from 90 minutes before the game until it's over so if there's maybe a call that George McDonald makes that he wouldn't have it'll have to wait until the game for the the voicemail <laughs> so we're we're we're, we're going to be on high alert, I think, on Saturday then to see if George McDonald has his cell phone in his pocket during the game, and if he looks down to get a. I'm get curious, just like how how talented he is at pocket texting. That's because <laughs> I mean I think Tim Beckman 
would let you know that you can't get away with much on the sideline <laughs> if you have things in your pocket that you shouldn't. In his case, a can of dip. It's um, wacky. It's wacky. So, uh, you got to be careful with a maybe like an old school pager, and it just buzzes <laughs> if Brett Puma disagrees <laughs> with the call. Well, like I, like we said, Scott, a lot has happened on the Illinois football front since we last recorded uh, two weeks ago. Probably almost as important or as of much significance as the news of, of Brett Bielma testing positive and and him not being able to coach Illinois. This week, although he said there's all indications he should be able to coach uh, the regular season finale uh, against Northwestern, correct, on, on November 27th? Yeah, I mean, the, as of yesterday afternoon, there wasn't, like, super clarity on how long he's going to have to be in isolation. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the fact that he is vaccinated mm-hmm. did get the booster, I think. As long as his symptoms go away, then there you go. Added significance, though, because Illinois, Scotty, they still got a shot. There's still a chance at a bowl game because they went up to Minneapolis and they mucked it up and they relied on Ryan Walters' steadily improved defense to to defeat, to to snap PJ Flex oars, pantomimed by Blake Hayes, mind you, in a gif that's become very popular on social media with a 14-6 win. That seems like it was almost two months ago instead of almost a week and a half ago and like at this point i couldn't even told you the score of <laughs> 14 that game. to 6 en- enough has happened brandon peters threw nine passes complete seven of them chase brown again relied on on the run game and defense came up with six sacks some big takeaways um and that's why there's added weight to this game on saturday because if illinois can go into kinnick stadium and leave Iowa City with a win there for the first time since 1999. I was in middle school. Scott and I were rocking out in middle school back in those days, just to give you a time reference. Um, And we're in our 30s now. That's true. So just think about that. Y2K was fast approaching. Um, Five and six then? I mean, there's all sorts of... That's why Saturday's game has got so much significance because there is still so much to play for for this Illini program. Yeah, and you have and they have to win out to get to obviously mm-hmm. to six wins. Unless the Big Ten can't fill all of its bowl obligations and then a five win team might make it. And then I Based think Illinois, on their APR Illinois would be at the top of that list. So uh, the math gets better for the Illini to have that post Christmas trip to Detroit. And you were there two years ago, Scott, in, at Iowa City when Illinois was riding high after, uh, you know, clinching a, a bowl berth and had a four-game win streak, and they kept it close and competitive. It's it's really strange, especially recent history with this series. I mean, Iowa's won the last seven games in the series. They're looking for eight in a row on, on Saturday, but it seems that Illinois plays better in Iowa City, and Iowa plays better in Champaign. Well, I mean, Iowa certainly did when they won 63-0. to True. And then last season as well, I mean, that was the game that Josh Whitman came out and said afterwards that that's the game where he decided he was going to make a coaching change and, and get rid of Lovey Smith. Yeah, and that game at Iowa City um, in 2019. 19. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Decade ago. <laughs> um, it's it's an interesting what-if because, like, Brandon Peters got clobbered in that game and suffered another concussion. Mm-hmm. I know, play that was 
not deemed a penalty. Illinois fans handled it responsibly on social media, just like they did Monday night after the men's basketball team lost a one-point game at Marquette. End of the world. Uh, I think this season is it's, they're still they're still going to play the rest of the season, right, Scott? The basketball season. Just cancel it. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's, it's wonder like you know Brandon Peters doesn't get knocked out. Like, do they maybe win that game? I, I don't know. I mean, it was. Do they? Not lose to Northwestern? Do they win the bowl game? I mean, there's all sorts of weird things. Lovey Smith still here? Who knows? Like, that's what ifs gets you down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but, I mean, again, Emily hasn't won at Iowa since the years. last millennium. Which is, I like to phrase it like that. It makes it seem like <laughs> thousands of years. Um, and maybe they can this week. I mean, Iowa's defense, good. New quarterback, Master, Masters of the takeaway. Their their offense is about as good as Illinois', which is, you know, bad. <laughs> so it would be interesting to see kind of which offense is able to, you know, bend the other defense the most. I don't know that either will be necessarily broken. First team to 10 wins. Sure. I mean, 14 to 6 in Minnesota, I don't anticipate it being much higher scoring than that. Yeah, well, uh, of course well, I could be wrong, and Iowa could like <laughs> drop sixty again, or Illinois, miracle of all miracles, scores more than twenty five points. That's true. One p.m. kick. I like the one p.m. kick. All it's right. another like odd kickoff time in a season full of them. Yes, for Illinois. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know where what I'm times going. have we had. What noon for Nebraska? Texas San Antonio was six. Yeah. Six ten a.m. the following week. Thank you, Ed Bond. At, Eleven at if Virginia, you were in, yeah, in Charlottesville. Ten a.m. though here in Champaign. Yeah. Hopefully, those folks who didn't find the ACC network still haven't found it. Um, what Purdue was two thirty. Yeah, I mean that's more. Typical. Yeah, this one is a strange time because it comes like it used to be. Used one p.m. used to be the way way back, even before we were in middle school. Scott, that yeah. was. But now it comes in between like your eleven mm-hmm. and your two thirty. That's it's it's weird, but I it's not a night game, so <laughs> I don't, it, it's perfect. And they announced the the start time, I believe, as well for the Northwestern game here in Champaign on November twenty seventh. Played at nine a.m. two thirty p.m. That's not great. <laughs> it's great for fans, Scott. I don't. They don't want to hear us sports writers complain about kickoff time. So well, I will don't. anyway. <laughs> well, it, it presents an interesting situation, too, because you're going to go into a sold-out Kinnick Stadium. The Hawkeyes still, they're in discussion. They still have a legitimate chance at a Big Ten West title. Uh, them and Wisconsin are both 5-2 and two in, in the league. Um, plenty to play for for Iowa's sake. Bowl game positioning, possibility to knock off Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Possibility to go to Indy and get trounced by Ohio State. True. I like how we're all just assuming Ohio State's going to be there, even though they still got Michigan State and Michigan left on on the schedule. That's true. I mean, but it seems like the Buckeyes are sort of just winding into maybe their peak form. But it's an interesting situation because you go from that charged-up atmosphere, let's say Illinois does come away with a win, sitting at 5-6, and going into – uh, what week 12, 13 of the season, whatever the official number is. I don't know. Anyway, come back to Champaign where just to be brutally honest, the atmospheres for that Saturday after Thanksgiving home game have been bad for a number of years. And this even dates back to 2001 
uh, when Illinois won the Big Ten title, they beat Northwestern. It was granted it was on Thanksgiving Day, but I think there were forty thousand fans at Memorial Stadium back pre-renovation at Memorial Stadium, where you could still get into the seventy thousand range. Uh, I'd just be curious to see if Illinois is in contention. What the turnout would look like in Champaign? I'm gonna say for that game. Thirty-three thousand sold, um, and then like maybe eleven. Okay, the student sections turned out real well for for home games yeah, all season. None but they're gonna be here. True, would be that, my guess. That's the disadvantage of the the Big Ten having uh, a nine game league schedule that's created that home game, and also it's sent the high school football state title games every other year up to the Cal as well. Um, but that's just. I mean, that's something Illinois just has to contend with if, if they are in, in that yeah. position. And they also have to contend with uh, Pat Fitzgerald, who is, I think, officially the owner of Illinois football. Yeah, but Northwestern's bad this year, Scott. I don't, does it matter? They're bad. They've been bad before. Yeah. And they're really bad. They're, what, three and seven? They're not going to a bowl game. Unless okay, they I've, sneak into a five and seven and yeah. the <laughs> that whole wonderful scenario would play out. But it, I just. Even his not great teams have beat Illinois. That's true. That's true. I mean, the hat is on the line. Why doesn't Illinois Iowa play for a trophy? I think I saw that question by someone on Twitter this week. That's a they need to have a trophy something. I mean, there's literally a trophy for every other. That's big true. Game. But I mean, Illinois only got three trophy games. They got the Cannon with Purdue, uh, the, the Land of Lincoln with Northwestern, and then the Illy Buck, which Ohio State's just going to own for however many. They'll just stay in Columbus. And they don't play each other. They hardly ever play yeah. each other now. So um, I saw, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but uh, suggested that like Brett Bielma become the trophy for Illinois-Iowa because he already has the Tiger Hawk tattoo, so he okay. gets an Illinois tattoo. <laughs> this is all on Twitter. and I, <laughs> I apologize for not remember who it was. It's great. And then they just list the winner, <laughs> like the year of the winner underneath the tattoos. How about like the John Deere trophy or something? That yeah, makes sense. Cause right on the border there. Yeah. You know, there. A tractor of some sort. A tractor, yeah. Why not? I mean, think of all the, I mean, you play for a bronze pig and what, yeah. Minnesota, Mich- or the Little Byron Jug and the Paul Bunyan's Axe. I mean, that's I dangerous. A, <laughs> a tractor, just. That, a that's, real tractor. That, <laughs> yeah. And you got to drive it back drive to it the, the other <laughs> So like, whoever like gets saddled with that duty, like my apologies. but uh, That to me would be like the classic Illinois, Iowa, if you want to have a trophy yeah, I mean, it's game. either that or like an ear of corn. Yeah, yeah, I, like the, I like the tractor. I like that too. Especially for a rivalry that got heated back in Laurentay Tay Day as well. They didn't play for a while. Yeah, Glad I mean, they play every year now though. Kinnick Stadium, too, underrated venue, I'd say, in, in the big the fans time. are right on top of the action. Right on top of you. And were you, when you were there two years ago, they hadn't, had they started the renovations there? Because they've added more seating, I believe, oh, in the last um, couple of years. I don't know. Sure. Okay. Cool pre cool uh, moment, too, at the end of the first quarter. Make sure you wave, Scott. I do. Okay. The last couple of times I've been there, I've waved. All right. That's, uh yeah, Kinnick Stadium, nice nice venue. Nothing nothing bad to say about, uh, about that place in Iowa City. Uh, all right, Scott. So who's going to win Saturday? What's your record now? Are you on a three-game losing streak? Yeah. Illinois football surging. Scott Ritchie's prediction record fading. Well, I I will say that you're going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, bowl now in terms of sports writer prediction. Where's that one? Charlotte. That's warm. The Wisconsin went there last year. It was the first year they changed the name to Duke's Mayo, and they broke the trophy. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Graham Mertz did that. 
started his downfall. Yeah, it's not the f- only thing he's fumbled. <laughs> hey. Um, Prediction for Saturday, Scott. I don't know. And I, I will say the the three I've gotten wrong, like I think everyone would have predicted the way I predicted. Okay. So you started with Penn State. You were seven zero on your picks. I was. Then you went seven one after missing that one. Oh, who would have pr- predicted a nine overtime game? The 118 guys at the Smith Center would have, Scotty. I no, they would have said, "Yeah, we're going to win." None of them would have said, "Oh, we're absolutely going to play nine overtimes." <laughs> That's that is true. Goodness, two point conversions, man, they're tough. Um, then, then I mean, Ru- I thought Illinois would beat Rutgers. That's at home. true. Rutgers though, five and five, they got Maryland still on the schedule. That's a bold team. Greg Schiano, yeah, Illinois Rutgers right now playing for the title of Quick Lane Bowl participant in the 2021 season spend your holidays in detroit okay nice city um, don't know if you want to spend late december there you yeah. can't really go outside your hotel much no um well, global warming maybe you can wow um, we're just hitting all topics here <laughs> prediction for saturday's game because well, i just don't know yet and I, I don't really have to choose scott's in that weird overlap where he's half his brain is muddled with illinois basketball knowledge that only he possesses and half of it's uh muddled with everything everything else. <laughs> um now Illinois has, you know, obviously won on the road at a ranked opponent, Penn State. People will say that they've beaten two ranked opponents on the road. I would say Minnesota was only ranked in the college football playoff rankings, yeah, which don't, uh don't count. Exactly. Especially I mean if you're outside the top five why like, why does it matter? You don't have a chance. Yeah. Um so I I quibble with that one because I also vote in the yeah. ranking that does matter. Exactly. Um, but still, it's a, it was a road win. It's three? I don't know. That's tough. So I'm going to go Iowa 17, Illinois 10. All right. And right. considering I've been wrong the last three weeks, <laughs> you're welcome, <laughs> Illinois fans. Uh, an upset is coming, apparently. I respect that. I have not. Uh, sat down and made my picks up for our, our Big Ten football page that'll run later this week in, in the News Gazette. But I think I'm going to go. I, I, I'm going against everything in my brain that's telling me not to do this. But what the heck? Illinois 21 14. They storm the field at Kinnick Stadium, send all the Iowa students off into Thanksgiving break on a on a foul mood after they go visit the bars in Iowa City. I mean, maybe. Like, All right. at, at this point, I think anything is possible. 21-14. Um, I'm going to go Chase Brown. Go ahead, touchdown run with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Defense holds rest of the way. Start making your plans for a bowl game. And it's raining as we're ending up this recording of uh, Inside the Line of Football. Maybe some ambient noise in the background. Yeah. Which will turn to snow by the end of December <laughs> in Detroit. Um. All right. Real quick as well. Obviously, this football centric podcast, but some some major news earlier this afternoon, about an hour and a half ago, on the Illinois men's basketball front. Scott, I know you record your own podcast on uh, Illinois basketball inside yeah. Atlanta basketball. How many episodes are we up to now? Um. Did you record one on Monday? Well, no, because you were in Milwaukee. Yeah, and then okay. I have a feeling everything I would have said who would not have been. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know, maybe we can get one recorded this week still. Okay. Uh, it'll be episode 176 whenever we do the next All right, this will be a teaser to episode 176. Ty Rogers, four-star recruit, uh, senior at Thornton High School in Harvey, 
transfer there earlier this school year, I believe. D- kind of at the end of summer. In the summer uh, from, what, Grand Blanc yeah. in Michigan. Uh, picked and apparently signed with the Illini. We haven't gotten an official word yet from the university that he has signed those letters of intent, the letter of intent document. Yeah, but he still can do that today. And That's true. Today's the end of the, the early signing period. Your reaction to this massive get for Brad Underwood's program? Uh, a couple quick things. One, uh, it's the first quote-unquote recruiting win for Tim Anderson and the new Illinois assistant. And Illinois offered Ty Rogers a week after Tim Anderson officially started. Um, so that was you know, August 2nd. So this recruitment moved quickly to mm-hmm. get you know, a commitment and you know, obviously him signing if that indeed happened. Um, but fits what Brad Underwood wants in a lot of different ways. Um, 6'7", 195-pound wing, just super physical, tough. Um, Won a state championship last spring. So, yeah, like just checking in off. In Michigan. Like every single box. Mm-hmm. Nephew of Jason Richardson. Not sure what, if that like checks a box. Just it's, cool. It's a cool note. Um, and a guy that I think could play right away as a freshman. What what schools? What other schools was he? Were, was so he, he had a top nine initially, and I can't remember all the nine because that's too many. But his four that he chose from, which was really two, was Michigan State, who was the other league mm-hmm. contender, and then Alabama and Memphis. Oh wow! So all right. those last two, you know, teams that have been recruiting at a very high clip yes. with Nate Oates and Penny Hardaway, but I think getting him away from Tom Izzo. Kind of huge. And he yeah. won his state title at the Breslin Center in the spring. And he's a, I mean, a Saginaw guy. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's a, a Harvey guy. Yeah. Briefly. That's true. Technically an in-state recruit then. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I'm not, like, because I'm pretty sure, like, when he's added to the roster, like, his hometown will be, yeah. like, Saginaw, Michigan, yeah. well, and not Harvey. But um, technically, yes, Illinois got an in-state recruit in the class of 2022. Gets to play for... Uh, Ty Street up at Thornton, former Michigan wide receiver back yeah. in the day. Also his AAU coach. Yeah, Ty Street runs Mean Streets now, mm-hmm. essentially coach as a coach. So, I mean, that's the reason that he that he transferred. Um, one of them, mm-hmm. at least. I won't speak to all of them because yeah. I don't know. But uh, so that's three four stars in the class with Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris, and it's now the number. Four class in the Big Ten and number 18 class nationally per 24-7 sports. And Illinois fans in central Illinois, and for some good news too, if they want to next Tuesday night before they get their Thanksgiving plans in full swing, you could see Ty Rogers play his first game at Thornton. They're in the yep. Decatur Turkey Tournament. Is that the official Turkey title? Turkey Tourney. Turkey Tourney. 51st annual. Okay. I think at, they played Decatur Eisenhower next Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Yeah, so at Stephen Decatur Middle School. Well, that's where it's been. So okay. I assume it's. We'll do it's some more research on that. Um, kind of depending on what happens that Monday in it's true. City, you can you could you could go to Decatur, watch Ty Rogers get a triple double, and then come back and watch Illinois, Illinois play Arkansas at 8:30 p.m. Maybe probably like an 8:52 tip. I want to say. <sighs> You'll be fine, Scott. Late night in Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City's a great town. Of course, I mean, I almost got to beat Cincinnati to get into that last yeah, they game. Will. So, well, 
I don't know. The sky. Kofi Coburn will be back, so maybe he will hold can, up can the he, sky that is falling. Can he dribble? I know. I guess the the hope for Illinois fans is like is with if Andre Corbella gets the the role part of his pick and roll back that he'll be he'll be better because it was kind of ball screen and then dribble dribble dribble. All right, what what does Illinois football score? What hap- What has I'm trying to phrase this best because Illinois had 26 turnovers Monday night at Marquette. Yeah. Does Illinois football have more points than turnovers for Illinois basketball in their next game? No. Okay. I just <laughs> I just haven't seen anything that would make me say yes to that question. Okay. They scored 14 points the last time they played. That's true. All right, anything else we need to cover, Scott? you got a lot of writing to do and a lot of... I mean, I guess I just briefly mentioned but Ryan Walters. Yeah, yeah. Contract is sent in through 2024. Sunday evening, kind of, woo, all right. Yeah, we'll Pay be raised. paid. I mean, his base salary is going to be $1,050,000. And he was making 850000 Yeah, but... He was making nine fifty at Missouri before he came here, just as reference. So that's in 2022. It goes up 100000 in the next two years, plus at least a quarter million dollar retention bonus every year. So dude's getting paid. Dude's getting paid to be the defensive coordinator at Illinois and not the head coach of the Mac program. And now like he doesn't have to take, let's use the one that's open, the Akron job just yeah. to, because like he's getting yeah, paid. I mean, he could, John Gross could show him around. Yeah, but that's where football coaches go to die. Just ask Tom Arth. <laughs> I mean, he's not dead, but his career <laughs> might be. It's a head coach. coach. All right. I feel we've covered a lot of topics. Uh, Ed's telling us to wrap this up uh, in his veteran producer way that he can. Uh, If you're listening to this this afternoon, come by the Escort tonight. We're doing our regular show on Monday. Tonight on Wednesday, St. Thomas Moore State Champion Volleyball Team will join us there. Uh, I think we've plugged enough aspects, talked a lot of football and some basketball recruiting. Uh, Thanks to Scott. Thanks to Ed. I'm Matt Daniels. We'll be back next week for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football.